Greetings, friends. It is Friday, and Friday means we talk about food here on the What's Right Show, and our food special, of course, means that we have some friends in the studio with us. First off, Ash Watkins, the smarter, <laughs> uh, better more looking, more beautiful, well, more talented. Be- more beautiful is really, you know, she, she's not saying much. She's she's beautiful and you're not. And that's <laughs> well, you've you've seen her on the no, billboards no, and then no that schlub next to her. Right. You yeah, know, yeah. that guy. Oh, my gosh. I just knocked over my water. The whitest it, man alive. Uh, I, right. Right. <laughs> yes. Also known as the ghost of Summerlin. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's that would be me. And uh, I'm Sam, of course, uh, from the What's Right show and uh, also a lawyer here in town. And then the the commentating voice is our <laughs> culinary curmudgeon. The mellifluous melliflu- tones of the cranky connoisseur. Yes, Mr. John Curtis, <laughs> you a know lawyer. Your nickname's a little too much when you can't even pronounce it. I know. <laughs> yes, that's true. <sighs> okay. Well, well, I'm glad we're all here, guys. Yes, we're all here, ready to talk about food. I love Food Fridays. It really gets me hungry for the weekend, and this is going to be a great weekend. Don't you love the new, the cooler temperatures? It, it inspires my appetite. Everybody seems to be coming out of their shells, and it's great. When it, it gets cooler, what do you go for? What's your go-to food? Oysters. Really? Oh, I'm an oyster. Oh, nut. you just wrote about that on yeah. your recent um, Eating uh, LV. Yeah, uh, shameless plug alert, folks. EatingLV.com. <laughs> yes, I just wrote a, uh, a article called "Of Cabbages and Kings, the More Literate Among You." <laughs> the actual title was "Of Cabbages and Kings and Pizzas and Piazzadora," but the more uh, poetic among you will notice that "Of Cabbages and Kings" comes from the great uh, uh, poem by Lewis Carroll, the walrus and the carpenter all about luring little oysters to their death and eating a whole bushel of them so i talk about oysters and how great the oysters are at water grill which is really my go-to place for oysters in town now along with bouchon but water grill is a little easier to get to in caesar's palace and the caesar's forum shops so that's my go-to what's your guys go-to when the weather cools off Oh, I, I like a good, I'm trying to think, what do I go for? I think more like hot dishes. So like Latai, that is my go-to lunch yeah. during the winter sweater weather months. I will, you will find me at Latai on Fremont Street or here on Charleston. Those are my go-to, like a curry. Yeah, curry, stew, soups yeah. and stew suddenly make sense once it's not 112 degrees outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so- suddenly. It's funny how that works. Yeah, what about you, Sam? Well, I, I'll tell you. I, I mean, one for one, and I was going to talk about this here, fall menus, right? They, this is the season where, the, where you know, the fancy restaurants, they, they start to change their menus. For me, cold weather, I, I make a mean fondue. Uh, and it's the one thing there's yeah, – it's the one thing. Cheesy. Oh, oh, yeah, it's a cheese bomb. Yeah. You are a cheesy it, guy. <laughs> I, it's, I'm a dad. And I'm I'm cheesy. There you go. But it's but I make a I make a, a really good fondue. In fact, I prefer to eat fondue at home. It's the one thing I like. I I would prefer to eat at, and make it myself than go out and have it somewhere else. Unless, of course, I'm at a chalet somewhere in Switzerland and it's snowing outside and whatnot. But it's a great winter food. It, it, you know, but you can't you can't eat it when it's 110 degrees outside. Well, as I like to say, I do not ski. 
but I appraise ski very, very well. And I love, you know, nothing like a hot toddy and a good Swiss fondue with all kinds of cheese, stretchy cheese. Does your cheese get all stretchy where you can like pull it apart and it's like four feet long between people? Well, it's, if it's, it's, it's not supposed to do that. Actually. I know, but it's, but it's fun and makes great TikTok videos <laughs> when it does. It's all about the cheese pull. Yeah, it's all about the I cheese I have pull never the, TikToked my fondue. Oh, you need to. And okay. I, no. I, in fact, if I, you know what? It sounds dirty. We're gonna. I'm gonna leave that. Okay, we'll just leave there. Let's let's talk a little bit more about my restaurants in my article. Could we please? Yes. Shameless okay, so plug- oysters. What's Oyster, next? Oyster water grill. I also talk about the pleasant surprise. <laughs> pleasant surprise. You got it. The okay, pleasant- Joe. Get this. Get this out before your court hearing. Are you running for? He's running for president. I know. <laughs> Okay, baby. Okay. Uh, I also talk about The Pleasant Surprise of Amalfi by Bobby Flay, which really, really knocked knock my socks off. It's kind of a an Amalfi. It's, a, it's an Italian coastal cuisine, seafood-centric restaurant by Bobby Flay in the old Mesa Grill space at Caesars Palace. And he kind of takes a, takes a, a clue from the uh, a cue from Milos and that it displays the fish and you can go pick your fish, sea bass or, or uh, your red snapper or, or um, uh, halibut uh, or, or you can have some Dover sole just for the halibut. Oh. Uh, I had to get that in. Uh, also <laughs> wild caught turbo, great stuff, really nice pastas. I mean, a pleasant surprise if you're in Caesar's Palace, Bobby Flay and Bobby and I have butted heads a few times over the years, but I was really knocked out by how good his restaurant was. Then. Excuse me. He's getting choked up over his own food recommendations. This is funny. I'm getting choked up over my new bromance with Bobby Flay. (laughs) (laughs) No, but then I give it to um, Lago in the Bellagio with both barrels, which we've talked about before. Yeah, well, that that's the place brutal. that that yeah. eked by with just a, a half decent burger, right? I mean, that that was the the takeaway. It was terrible, but um, but then I kind of kissed and made up with Pierros, which I'm writing a little article about Pierros for Desert Companion magazine, and you know I've come to appreciate Pierros for the old school Italian vibe. It does. I mean, it's not great food, but it fills you up. It's nice. It takes you back to vintage Vegas, the mob days gone by, and little Pia's the door. We ran into her as we were walking in, and. She supposedly, uh, she entertains there on weekends. And yes, it's cheesy to keep that, uh, that cliche going, but, <laughs> but, but it's cheesy fun and it's good. And people have a good time there and the service is always spot on. So Piero's and I, we've kissed and made up. And then I talk about that in my new article at eatinglve.com. I think Piero's is one you got to go to do it once, get the experience and then yeah, probably not again. Although I have friends that go there all the time. That's I mean, fine. The bar scene is great. It's very. You're always going to. I told. I write about this thing in the article I'm I'm writing right now about how in the old days you'd run into guys like you know Bent Nose Sal and yep. Vincent the Chin and Sammy the Bull. Now you just are in danger of being strangled or garroted by a lanyard <laughs> from, <laughs> okay. a convention. from a convention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, that's the most danger you'll be in. But the Glussmans run it well, and, and it's a nice throwback restaurant. So God bless Piero's for being a, a slice of vintage Vegas. Well, there's a great story from Piero's that, that uh, you know, having to do with, uh, what was his name? Uh, Ted Binion. His, his, murder, his alleged murderess was, uh, was oh, having yeah. dinner there with a date. 
Ah, uh, yes. And uh, and and this is a story here locally. In fact, uh, from uh, where uh, my my our neighborhood, John, right right around the yeah, corner is where Ted lived right across the street from me. Yeah. yeah, and that that's where you know he he was you know he was he died and. There was a trial. Anyway, the gal ended up getting off and released, and she's at Piera's enjoying a nice meal. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, a relative of Ted's uh, uh, saw her, and tufts of her hair went flying through the restaurant. I'll be darned. I never heard was that Was broken before. up by a couple of visiting, I think, NBA coaches is how I heard the story. Oh, my God. And here's, <laughs> here is, John, how Vegas Piera's is. Metro shows up, and no one saw nothing. <laughs> well, that, I didn't see a thing. In, in keeping with the zeitgeist of Piero's restaurant, <laughs> so it's the kind of place where you can you can uh, you can you know retributively you know you know basically uh, you know uh, scalp somebody and um, and if and if and if you're perceived to be in the right and it being a just scalping. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're probably, you know, no, no one's going to say anything. Is this your legal advice right now, Sam? It's not legal advice. I'm just, you know, <laughs> just, I'm just, we're just, uh, I'm just recounting I, some, some local history. All right. Well, yeah. of these restaurants that you go run down in your recent blog, wh- which one are you most excited to return to? Amalfi. Amalfi, Amalfi and RPM. Okay. RPM comes out of Chicago. It's the new, uh, it's, uh, it's the new, uh, let us entertain you restaurant in, uh, the Caesars Forum shops, mm-hmm. uh, right across from, uh, Joe Stone Crab. Uh, their, their wine list knocked me out there. I've talked about that before. I think I mentioned it on the show you, a week ago or so. But Mamalfi's pastas were great. The seafood was wonderful. And then I went to RPM, and it's a little more, it's, it's really got a menu that's very old school, almost Piero's-like. But let's just say it's a little bit old school, but also updated. So RPM Italian in the Caesars Palace with its wine list and it's sort of updated Italian classics is the one that most intrigued me. I probably want to go back there. Amalfi, First. do they do lunch? No, no, but 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 RPM does. I know. So and RPM is open for lunch. So. That's great. Okay. Well, I've got a, another place that I think both of you need to return to. Okay, we're gonna get it from with both barrels right here. Yep. Sam. Prepare yourselves. All right. Go back to Bodega. Oh. Make well, the trek. Oh. Uh, must, must I? I yeah. I went. Last weekend I went, the bagel is exactly as delicious as I remember at the Vegas Test Kitchen. So I think really? you guys, yeah, you, you two got a bad batch. No, we just got there too early. Yeah. You know, this is Pioneers Get the Arrows, John. I, I'm full of <laughs> Native American that, that, references that, today, that, by the that, way. That's a good one. Well, I'm gonna, I will go back eventually. Not that I, not that I wanna question your credentials, but. <laughs> Let's just say, Ashley Watkins, oh. if your name was Sheila Rosenblum, I would trust you on bagels more than <laughs> Ashley Watkins. It's Watsonburg today. Thank you. Um, it's a really damn good bagel. All right, all right. I went. I was impressed. I really enjoyed it. I and But they are still figuring it all out. It's still a little quirky walking up to the counter. They don't really have a clear list of what bagels they have that day. I mean, they're figuring it out, but I think the quality still exists. And so don't count them out. Okay, dokie. I'll haul my fat butt up there at some point again because I I want that place to be a success. I want every new place in Henderson to be a success because we've got to – break the hegemony of all these chain and franchise restaurants which have 
have taken had, had the place to themselves now for 20 years. Well, uh, and, and Henderson food scene is and Henderson in general is ascendant. I mean, I think it's yeah. a, it's a, actually a part of town that is r- really developing into something something great. So this is right. um, this is neat. So what else? I'll, I'll take some Jewish people with me when I go, though, just for backup. You're going to make them show their like bodega credentials before they go? Fine. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Okay, show them circumcisions or well, something. Here's I, somewhere I, else I Oh, went. did I say that? I, I oh, God, it just slipped right out. <laughs> oh. As it does. Uh, this is when I leave the conversation. Okay. Um, I went to Bizarre Meat by oh, Jose yeah. Andres. Yeah. In the Sahara. It, I the had best. The best. Unreal. Absolutely, hands down, unreal experience. The food, the quality, the service, top notch. Sam, we had gone when it was, what, I think it was 2015 and it was still the SLS Hotel. I remember yeah. that, yeah. We went and checked out Bizarre Meat with one of our chef friends. Phenomenal experience. And however many years, they're still doing great food. And from a, a, a named chef. Yeah. In Las Vegas, it's kind of counter to what you posted earlier this week about Martha Stewart. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I, if you haven't been, that gives you a reason to go to Sahara. Yeah. Oh, the, well, the, the Sahara is always... Uh, Bazaar Meat is, is a great restaurant in search of a hotel. I mean, that's that's been its problem since it opened in August 2014, I believe, and because the hotel has just been one failure after another all around it. But you have this gem. I mean, I've said, I've said it a hundred times. If, if Bazaar Meat by Jose Andres was in any other city in America, Cleveland, Miami, Chicago, Seattle, it would be considered the best steakhouse in America. Okay, it, it gets short shrift because it's in the Sahara, which can't get its act together. And I think because it's in Vegas, which doesn't get a lot of respect yeah. for places like this, even when they perform at a level as good as any steakhouse in America. And I mean, the, the Spanish food there, the seafood there... Ugh. I mean, the, the steak, they call it a steakhouse, but you could go there and eat nothing but seafood and mm-hmm. just be real happy. Or Spanish tapas. I mean, everything they do, they do on a superbly high level. And I, it's a beautiful restaurant. You oh, yeah. walk in, you can smell the wood firing from all the that, open grills. That, and, yeah, they call it a Jasper grill, the yes. J-O-S-P-E-R grill. And it, yeah, that thing is like a th- thousand degrees at all times. It's something else. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I yeah, recommend bizarre, that. Bizarre meat, great uh, Spanish wine list too. Mm-hmm. The The... the the, they've got a nice bar program. You can eat small bites in the bar. It's just one of these multi-purpose restaurants. It's got something for everybody, and it's got to be. It's, it's a real gem. I mean, it's a year in year out. It's probably one of the best restaurants in America, right here. Hidden in the Sahara. Hidden in the Sahara, which I hope finally gets their act together with this newest renovation, which is like the renovation number six yeah. since 2014. Yeah, they've got Noodle Man in there, which I've right. heard good things about. They're getting ready to open that new Italian spot that you mentioned. Sean McQueen's new place, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah called Bala, I Bala. think. Bala. Yeah, so, so I, I'm, I'm rooting yeah. for the Sahara. Yeah, me too. It, plus, it's close to where I live. Yes. <laughs> I can, I can, it's like a mile and a half from my house. So, okay, uh, Bazaar Meat, great old, old-time Vegas. Now it's a classic. It was new 2014. Now it's a classic Vegas steakhouse. Now let's talk about something even more interesting, Martha Stewart. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it to Stewart. Prison food. Oh, she paid her debt to society, Sam. Don't you read all her fans? All the fans, you know, there's two people say, convicted felon, number one. Number two, she paid her debt. She's a good, adorable. She's amazing. 
I never know where I fit. Reformed? I don't know. Reform. I don't, I don't know where I, where I fit on that spectrum. Okay. I don't really condemn her for trying to cheat on her stocks and her taxes, but I don't think she's any kind of icon either. I think she's just been a very well manicured product, you know, for a long time. Well, I don't, and frankly, I don't really care. Like she's not someone yeah, that I'm, me neither. I'm just yeah. in this context, I'm, she slapped her name on a restaurant that just opened in Las Vegas. So I'm curious, is it living up to the hype? And what what are your thoughts? What's this New York Times article really trying to convey? Well, if you read the article by Pete Wells, uh, he apparently flew out here. And I, and Pete and I, we're not friends, but we're professional colleagues. So I, he and I texted back and forth a couple times. He came out here just to review the restaurant because he wanted to do, some people said he was doing a hit piece on Martha. No, I mean, it's like, Caesar's Palace, big hitter Vegas casino, puts Martha Stewart, one of our biggest brands, in a hotel on a hotel restaurant name. It's and, her first restaurant. First restaurant, but, but that's what Pete Wells' article in the Times kind of exploded. It really isn't her restaurant. Mm-hmm. Calling it, she's opening a restaurant. Martha Stewart didn't open anything. Martha Stewart, the not even Martha Stewart, the brand. Martha Stewart sold her brand to a giant investment trust of some kind mm-hmm. a year or two ago. And now they're slapping her name on everything from toothpaste to wheelbarrows, <laughs> you know, to, to hemorrhoid medications, to restaurants. So it's not even Martha, Martha Stewart as she existed, let's say, 10 years ago. It's just a big multinational investment uh, co- company that's now going to drive this brand and sell this brand into the ground any way they can. So she didn't really open anything. Caesars Palace opened a restaurant that they're paying her for the, this other company for her name. And the, the article in the New York Times sort of did a v- really good job of sort of puncturing the myth that these celebrity chefs really are operating or, or owning anything in these restaurants, because a lot of them are, are not. Some of them do, like Jose Andres has a company that acts, Think Food Group, that actually operates that restaurant, Bizarre Meat, we just talked about. But most of them, the Bobby Flays, the Giadas, they just fly over here and pick up a paycheck they have nothing to do with the day-to-day operation of the restaurant and never do. They just, they're just they just a face and a name that's being branded and, and, and franchised and licensed so the hotel can make money off credulous conventioneers. And that's it. And that's my rant of the week, folks. Well, Will you go? Good question. Should I go? I, mean, I want to go. I kind of want to go. Who gives a shit about Martha Stewart's putting her name on a roast chicken? I'm just curious. I know. I know. What do you say, Sam? Uh, I'll, uh, you know He's what, speechless. I'll try anything once and don't, I don't want any comments, uh, about what I mean, but I know I just think, yeah, I'll try it. I'll go, I'll go. And probably best to go now before it gets really bad. Cause it's going to get worse. Well, that's, that's what I said. I wrote a comment. Hey, look at me. I got the number one comment in the New York times about this article. I wrote that, uh, the Bedford is as good as it ever will be right now. Once it settles yeah. into soaking the credulous conventioners by the busload, the potatoes are going to get even colder because Pete Wells said that, you know, they bring this famous potato they sort of mash up at the table. He said it was lukewarm when it came to the table and it was Ooh. basically not even room temperature when they served it to him. So, I mean, he, he was kind to the food, but he was very, um, he eviscerated, I think, the whole concept of a Martha Stewart restaurant in Las Vegas, which is good for him. I'm glad the, the Times has finally started to report things that I was talking about 20 years ago. Here's the here's the one I'm mind blown about. Martha Stewart is 81 years old. No kidding. Think of how much pancakes she has to put on to even keep that those looks up. 
Ouch. God, you're you're such a you're such a mean man. He's got his bow tie on today, and he's right not here to play. Yeah, yeah I mean, God, uh, the knives are sharpened, folks. Oh, oh my God, is right. My goodness. Okay, so we might go TBD, but I'd much rather just go back to Jose Andres. And yeah, forget. Well, when you Martha get Stewart. when you get my age, which is like a few years older than you, Ash, you don't want to waste the time or the calories, okay? But you're going to Piero's. Uh, well, because I was paid to go to Piero's by a magazine. <laughs> In that case, <laughs> yeah. fine. Um, All right. So then, anyway, folks, if you have access to the New York Times article. Uh, the, the, the title of it is A Martha Stewart Restaurant in Las Vegas. Is that a good thing? And it's, it's a very instructive little article about how the whole celebrity chef phenomenon works and doesn't work and why you're kind of a fool if you buy into the idea that you're eating Giada's restaurant or Giada's or, or, or Bobby Flay or Gordon Ramsay's food. Okay, before we take a break, I want you to recap again what chefs named chefs in Vegas that you say are actually more involved and have a say in their restaurant like Jose Andres I think you listed some more in your comment uh, Mark Vetri I think uh, of course you know he's not as well known but he's a celebrity chef in Philadelphia he's very much involved with his restaurants I the uh, Emerald believe it or not is the, the the OG of these celebrity chefs his company runs the restaurants everywhere they are located they are not not an MGM restaurant that he slapped his name on. He's paying rent to MGM to rent the space. So his company, the Emerald Food Group, or whatever the name of it is, it runs it. Okay. So he's actually still very good. I also think the the two highfalutin French guys, uh, Guy Savoie and Caesar's Palace, and Joel Robichon, who's who's dead, but his he has a, a company that owns his restaurants around the world. They're very much involved. These high tone French places don't just say, "Okay, MGM, you run the restaurant, and we'll we'll lend you our name, pay you for our name." They they show up. They they have a lot of say so in who the restaurant opens and what the food looks like and tastes like because they have to because they have a really expensive brand to maintain. They just it'd be like Chanel or somebody just sort of like letting anybody you know. Uh, Costco put out a perfume for them. You know what I mean? They're not going to do it. Maybe Chanel does that now. Who knows? <laughs> Everything's gotten so watered down. But yeah, the high-toned French are great. And But you have to look for that. I mean, I, I don't single these people out because I don't like them. Some of the restaurants aren't bad. Like I said, Amalfi by Bobby Flay was very good. But it really is a Caesar's Palace restaurant. It's not a Bobby Flay restaurant. He's just being paid to run it I mean, for his name. Tom Colicchio's steak houses, I, don't think, I think, are pretty mediocre. Giada, of course. And Gordon Ramsay, I mean, I like Gordon Ramsay. I, I think he's done a lot of good things about food in the world. But his restaurants, with maybe the steakhouse exception in Paris, are really terrible here. And Gordon Ramsay doesn't give a crap what, what his restaurants are doing. Yeah. He just cares how big the check is. All right. And he told me that himself 10 years ago when I, he said, I'm making money now because I don't care about my restaurants. I just get, the, I get paid for, for licensing my name. Yeah, he's not a starving artist yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good well, for him. Should we take a break and okay. then come back with our eats of the week, where we've been and where we should go? Let's do it. All Wonderful. Right. Well, we'll be right back here on Food Friday, What's Right Show, in a moment. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to salmonashlaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. You found us, the Food Friday special, back again by popular demand. John Curtis in studio with us, along with the beautiful and brilliant Ash Watkins of Salmon Ash Law. 
You forgot, I, you forgot voracious, Ashley. Voracious. <laughs> voracious. Well, yeah. So ferocious. <laughs> we'll combine the two. Voracious. Perfect. Ravishing and voracious. <laughs> of course, I'm Sam Rojofsky, and I'm I'm just here to. You're just ferocious. You're just ferocious. He's not so we're. Okay, let's get back on track, folks. Eats of the week. Uh, okay, so I did bizarre meat, as we talked about. It was fabulous. Shared a steak, did the caviar cone. The carpaccio was exceptional because of the quality of food. Um, what else? They've also got these unique, interesting dishes. They do this olive tasting. It's a modern, traditional olive versus their like molecular, olives, yeah, yeah, molecular olives, yeah. gastronomy. So. Get your camera out for that. Also, foie gras cotton candy. Yes, it's as ridiculous as it sounds. But it's delicious. But it's fabulous. <laughs> and that's, I don't even really buy into the whole foie gras thing. Like, it's not my my go-to, but it's fabulous. It's just like a little nugget of foie gras. It's almost like a Tootsie Pop. Yep. With a tiny little nugget of foie surrounded by this big, a big kind of balloon of, of, of uh, cotton candy. And you go through the sweet, then you get that savory. And boy, it explodes. And it's just a great little... Invention and it's also fun walking into a steakhouse, seeing a cotton candy machine, and yeah. just going, yeah. "What the heck?" Running nonstop because <laughs> yes. they serve these to everybody. Yeah, and um, then the steaks are fabulous too, right? Incredible, out of this world. I and mean, they will help guide you. You tell them what type of steak you traditionally like and how much you're interested in, and they'll they'll kind of steer you in a specific direction, whether you want marbling or not. And so. Highly recommend. I, I need to go back already. Um, next, Izakaya Go. This is probably one of my weekly stops. Yeah. It the, is, the food gal loves Izakaya Go. It is yeah. fabulous. Um, it's fresh fish, sushi, rolls. They do this uni pasta that's incredible. Um, these buttered mushrooms. And then also, if you're hungry and it's late night, they have an incredibly cheap and exceptional quality happy hour oh yeah i've heard about that you can eat yeah. a, almost unlimited amount of food and barely spend 40 bucks yeah see that's then that's how they get rid that's how they get rid of the day's fish every day they see in the, the the gohashi told me that he said yeah we have all this fish and we'll we'll have it down and we'll cut the prices and it just flies out the window which reassures Flying you that fish. it's fish or it's fresh and that tomorrow's yeah, yeah it's fish gonna be fresh, fresh. He's, so, yeah, he's not hanging on to it for the next day yeah. and then lastly i went to hamon hamon we talked about it last week and it's relocation so i'm going in about every chance i can because it's authentic spanish cuisine ingredient chef driven menu um exceptional i love yeah. it i got my son is in the studio number two son Son, number two son, did you go to Hamon Hamon? He's got Rocky on his lap right now. No, he hasn't been to Hamon Hamon yet. So, uh, yeah, Be, got, be a better got, dad. Take I him. I know, I know. <laughs> He's just in town for the weekend, so I got to take him. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Izakaya Go also, the only thing I don't like about Izakaya Go, he has a great sake program. The menu, the menus are like nine, ten pages long. Yeah. And it's hard to make up. Your, and then you give you the menu, and then they give you like three inserts, you know, yep. for here we have this special, and here it's we have this. It's the same things. with Hachi. Yeah, 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 exactly. These yeah. Izakayas, it's all about the small bites. So they're just. Yeah, and they, they load, and you, you sit there, and you're, if, if you have a wife like mine mm -hmm. who can't make up her mind between mint toothpaste and regular, I mean, she's just flummoxed by this stuff. Okay. She's a, I, I, it's like it, it, she gets frozen. She's like a deer in the headlights. But, but that's a, it's a nice problem to have it is a kaigo. It has, it's great Japanese food. Okay, my meals of the week. Let me go through them real quick. Milano, I've talked about it before here. These great gals on in the town uh, square shopping center and south uh, on south uh, Las Vegas Boulevard. 
is our most underrated little Italian restaurant. It's not easy to get to unless you're in that shopping mall, live in that part of town. But it's fabulous Italian food. I mean, really great pastas. Uh, the other night, they have these baked clam, basically like a clams oreganata with, with breadcrumbs. I think it's one of the best clam dishes in town. I'm trying to remember what else I had out there. I've had their asobuco, uh, lamb chops. I mean, everything I've ever had, they've done there. They bake their own bread. The olive oil is superb. So it's a, it's a really nice Italian and, and an unlikely place. It was my last Italian restaurant. I swore the night I ate, the, ate there for like at least the next two weeks because I've eaten like in dozens of Italian restaurants over the last couple of weeks. Then I went to Delmonico, of course, for lunch, had a wild blowout lunch, ate everything on the menu, great steaks, open for lunch. Emerald's Steakhouse has been around since 1999. And if you're really nice, you can see the Robin Leach room where he had all the strippers and hookers getting naked in front of the kitchen staff back in 1999. Okay. <laughs> Um, like they have one shrimp dish that's phenomenal. It's barbecued shrimp with, oh. the, with, with this little with this little rosemary uh, with, uh, uh, toast or something. No, rosemary. It's like a muffin. It's yes. like a rosemary muffin. And it is it is it's phenomenal. It's so good. So Delmonico went to a new place called Tora Katsu on, um, which is uh, basically a, a deep fried Japanese restaurant, katsu and Japanese curry. Liked it, didn't love it. it I, we were there the third day it was open. I'm going to give it a second shot. But let me give you two great gems. One new and one. Not so. Um, the not so new ones, Trey Casuelas, which is the which means three uh, Casuelas is three. What am I saying? Casseroles, three casseroles, and it's been there on Spring Mountain Road. It survived COVID amazingly, doing some really really high tone Spanish food and Mexican dishes. They had a great flamenco guitarist. Usually I hate music in restaurants, but somehow flamenco guitar mm -hmm. and Spanish food just fits. And you can do big or small plates there, tapas or larger format proteins. And it's really, really cozy and fun. That's truly a hidden gem. Yeah, Trey's Casuelas. It's right next to the Sand Dollar, I think. Right, right next to the Sand Dollar Lounge, exactly. And it is. I thought I, I was like, I'm not in the right spot when yeah. I went there, <laughs> but blown away. Fabulous yeah. food. Definitely yeah. a hidden gem. Right. And then... And, and, uh, 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 Angelo Reyes is the owner, and he's just done a great job. And it's kind of solid, loyal following now, so I love it. Locals go there. And then I went to a brand-new place that I could throw a rock to from where I'm sitting right now called Mezcla Ceviche, uh, Ceviche and what else? Ceviche and Tequila Bar. Yes. Ceviche and Tequila Bar. And it knocked me over. It was so really? good. Really? Really. I mean, just tiny place. I walked in. I, there's not many restaurants I go to where I can walk in and go, Oh yeah, this is going to be a hit. That you just know it the second you walk in. It's small. In fact, the owner came up to me. Uh, I know the owner actually, uh, the Les Robinson, is and his uh, daughter Melissa. And they saw me sitting in the corner, and they came up. And then the owner, he's a nice guy. He's an old-time Vegas hand. He goes, "Place is too small." I went, "That's what's so perfect about yes. it. Yes, it's got about a ten-seat bar and like booze along the side. I don't think it seats more than thirty people." And they have all these great tequilas and the, a menu of all different kind of ceviches and tiraditos and, and uh, no, the, the uh, agua chiles, you know, the things yes. they do in Mexico. So they've got about a dozen different things like that. And I've now been there two nights in a row, so I've eaten about half the menu. Really, really good ceviche. Great uh, tequila selection, great beers and all kinds of uh, Mexican and South American liqueurs. It's, you just walk in and you go, this place is going to be the bomb. And sure enough, every night I've been there, the people are lining up to get in. Okay. Well, I know where I'm eating tonight. Yeah. yeah, but it's not, here's the good thing about the food too, because it's all this seafood with a lot of, you know, acid and, yep. and, and spice, 
I mean, not a lot of carbohydrates here. I mean, you can eat really well, very tasty, and not consume a lot of calories. So Mezcla, brand new in the Arts District, right across from Esther's Kitchen, is going to be a hit. You heard it here first. I've been watching that place get built out for the last three months, and I think when it opened, I've now been just stubborn because I think they told me it was going to open in June. Yeah. So I will go now on your recommendation. So let's um, let's get to the big finish here because I'm – I know you've got uh, federal courts I waiting. Got federal court, you cannot make keep okay. a federal judge waiting for you. Do you have your pet peeve? I think is it reservation hawking? Yeah. Did you read the article there in Bon Appetit? I, I didn't get a chance to okay. read all of it. Apparently, it's a thing, and I've I've kind of griped about it on my blog and even here other formats too about uh, this whole new thing. I that res- getting reservation has become too easy for for your generation and i'm holding you personally responsible ashley watkins still a millennial okay <laughs> because now everybody can just and i have friends like this i have a son number two son sitting in here he does the same thing i mean i mean you do it with all the best intentions you just want to eat someplace but in the, in the past you had to like call the restaurant up you had to think about it. talk mm-hmm. about your girlfriend your boyfriend your wife whoever call the restaurant up see what was available now anybody goes on resi or open table dot 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 okay we're booked well, what that means is there's a whole generation of restaurant goers who overbook restaurants now. Yeah. And, and especially in large urban areas, the Chicago's, the New York's, the L.A.'s, it's become a game of people basically hoarding reservations and uh, competing for reservations. And some restaurants go reservations only. It's become a game that people are trying to game to get into the best restaurants. And it's really kind of stupid, okay? I mean, because for if you can't get into the restaurant you want to go to that you think is so damn hot, just go to another restaurant. I guarantee you, if you're, especially if you're in a large urban area, maybe, I don't know, if you're living in Paducah, Kentucky, maybe it's not so easy. But if you're in a big urban area, I guarantee you there are dozens of other alternatives that are easier to get into who really want your business. So this idea that you have to get into a restaurant and scoring a reservation is a big fucking deal, I think is a big fucking waste of time. End oh, of rant. Mike drop. <laughs> Uh, that will be a um, explicit warning on this podcast. Uh, and for all the kids, uh, if you're my kids, you've heard all that language before. Uh, if you're someone else's kids, um, sorry about that. Okay. Now, it's interesting. Reservation, I, I go see both sides of it. I think really what should happen is the restaurant should get rid of all these online uh, systems. And oh, it yeah. would prevent these little robots from going on and scooping up reservations and then selling them online and forcing yeah. people to call. I, but I've actually called a, re- a restaurant lately and I said I wanted a reservation. They're like, well, can you just go online and do it? Yeah, and yeah, I was like, no, 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 you can go online and do it for me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'll read the article and see what I say, what I ultimately do. I don't think it's as big a problem in Vegas. I mean, I, we do have hot restaurants. Esther's Kitchen is a hot restaurant. Al Salito Posto on on a weekend night is a really hot restaurant. Lotus's Siam off yeah. is, is a hot restaurant. But uh, we talk about lots of places here. I think, yeah, maybe Friday or Saturday night you can't get into. That's my other, that's my other advice. Okay, yeah, you want to eat at Saturday night at 7 o'clock? Oh, I can't get in. You know what? Go on a Tuesday night. Or go, go early. Go early. Go at 5 o'clock. Or, yeah. you know, or go Wednesday after Wednesday. Maybe they're, they're, they're begging for business on Wednesday. So just be more flexible and you can get in. The idea of, like, having to go to a hot place that's such a new york thing it really just annoys the f out of me no more f-bombs okay my pet peeve is a little more gentle um it's more customer based usually i'm ranting about restaurants uh consumers and restaurant goers that are on their cell phones facetime on speakerphone just don't do it it's so rude 
Yeah. It's incredibly rude. If it ruins the vibe for anyone else in that restaurant. Oh, um, yeah. And it, there's nothing that important to be FaceTiming in the middle of a restaurant that other people are trying to have a nice meal. Go out in the hallway. You know where it's worse? It's worse in coffee shops. Oh. Everybody, everybody under the age of 40, and I'm looking at you, number two son, and Ashley Watkins. <laughs> Every, everyone in these places thinks it's okay to talk on their phone to somebody. I don't care how personal or business it is. They just jabber yeah. away over, some, uh, you know, when, when there's other people sitting six feet from you who kind of maybe just don't want to hear what you have to say. So. All right. Sam, do you have a pet peeve? Millennials. Oh, well, I, I was just thinking, you know, <laughs> I, I really don't like being scowled at when I'm talking on the phone in a restaurant. Kidding. I don't do that. Um, I think... Look, I understand that you're trying to meet and greet with people in your industry, but if you're out and about in a nice, fancy restaurant, take your freaking lanyard off. Yeah. <laughs> Just take it off. Oh, you're, you're conventioners. Yes, yeah. take it off. Uh, now he's being a fashion snob. Yeah. yeah I'm kind of with you, Sam. You know, I mean, when I'm they're the sitting way. there, it's, it's not a, it's not a, I'm going to not swear. It's not an <laughs> effing bib. Yeah. Remove but it. People are proud. They like to look important. Oh, it's no, so weird. No, 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 a lanyard doesn't make you look important. It no, makes but, you look like a, a sheep. No, I agree. But I think <laughs> they think they're like, I'm here for a reason. Yeah, okay. I guess. Um, okay. You, and cousins. my... You guys, you so didn't, move, you, why are you not amused by my... I, well, I, we're on a tight schedule. Yeah, we got about one minute here. We got... We got yeah. we and then my, my recommendations for where to go is Lotus of Siam. I went recently and it was incredible. And so... That's where I'm planning. And they're opening back. a new one at Red Rock, Rock Casino, Casino. on the go. west side of town. So they have two of them. And, well, Lotus has been just just a, a, a monster hit as a, a, a Thai restaurant. One of the best Thais in the country. So everyone loves to go to Lotus of Siam. I'm glad they're opening a new place. Do you have uh, a spot? Uh, the, just your places <laughs> you went? I think I, I, right now I'm just kind of, I, I can't think. I think that'll, that'll do it for the week. Mescla. The, yeah, this, yeah. Well, I already I've already yeah. been twice, but that's you got to go try, try it out. Although, uh, get there early because I have a feeling it's going to be tough. 30 seats uh, fill up very fast. All right. Well, thanks, John. Sam, if yeah. you want to disagree with us or agree, go to at Eating Las Vegas on Twitter, at John Curtas on Instagram, <laughs> or eatinglv.com. And then Sam, at What's Right Sam. There you go. And we'll be back next Friday with more. Well, not um, next Friday. I'll be in Pittsburgh, of all places. Yins. The Yins. Yinsers. I'm going to be with the Yinsers. Okay. All right. And well. the Stillers. I'll be watching the Stillers next week. Oh, man. <laughs> Good luck. All, all right. right. Well, we'll thank you. in two you. weeks. Okay. Bye-bye. Wonderful. Bye. See you guys. Great bon to be with you. Bon appetit.